and welcome to This Day in Herstory, where your host, Taylor and Emily. Here we talk about herstory, not history. All right, podcaster fans, all 12 of you. <laughs> all right, podcaster fans, all 12 of, 12 of you. This is Emily, and this episode is a woman that I chose. And as you might have guessed, I am not the biggest history buff, but I am a huge TV and movie buff. So that'll be kind of the theme of this of this episode. Are you ready for the date, Taylor? I'm ready. Okay. The date for this podcast is October 21st, 1956. Now, Taylor, what was going on in 1956? Okay. So in 1956, Dwight D. Eisenhower was already president and he got reelected that November. Elizabeth II had already been crowned queen for like three years. Over in Africa, Morocco had declared its independence. The Browder versus Gale decision was made that year, which found that bus segregation was unconstitutional thanks to people like Rosa Parks and Claudette Coven. Dwight D. Eisenhower signed the Federal Aid Highway Act of 1956, obviously, and that created the interstate highway system. This is a good one that you might like. Well, not good. This is one that you might recognize. The sinking of the ocean liner SS Andrea Dora. Oh, yeah. (laughs) From Seinfeld. We we know that. Uh, The Wizard of Oz first aired on TV this year. And a couple others. Science facts. The neutrino was first observed in New Mexico, which I only know that phrase because of young Sheldon. And the DNA molecule was first observed. Interesting. Well, do you know what else happened in 1956? Tell me. Carrie Fisher was born. That's right. October 21st, 1956, Carrie Frances Fisher was born. When you hear the name Carrie Fisher Taylor, what do you think of? Now, obviously, I'm going to think of Star Wars. Like, I bet many of our listeners would. Yes. Me too, yeah. I mean, that's obviously what comes to everyone's mind first is, yeah, she was Princess Leia. Um, I also love her iconic role as a guest uh, actress on 30 Rock. But yes, uh, Carrie Fisher was a very talented writer, performer, actress. So she was born in 1956 in Burbank, California, and she had very famous parents, So her parents were Debbie Reynolds, who's an actress, a singer, and Eddie Fisher, who is a singer. Does that mean she's a Nepo baby? Technically, yes. Carrie (laughs) Fisher is a Nepo baby. (laughs) So before we talk more about her, um, let's talk more about her parents. Um, So Debbie Reynolds, like I said, very famous actress. One of her most iconic roles was Singing in the Rain, which I have never seen. Have you seen that, Taylor? No. I mean, it's a musical, right? Yeah, we're we're not the biggest musical people here. Really not. (laughs) <laughs> you know what else she was in i do i know one uh the unsinkable molly brown uh which came out in 1964 i know molly brown because the real molly was her name was margaret and she was on the titanic so she played her yes that's right and if you watch the titanic she's the uh one that's played by kathy bates and she is like the new money mm-hmm. lady um debbie reynolds also for you millennials out there, she was also the grandma on Halloween Town, <laughs> a very iconic Disney Channel original Halloween movie. 
she also was the voice of the spider Charlotte in Charlotte's Web in the cartoon version. I'm not sure if there was more than one. Her father was Eddie Fisher, who was a famous singer. They had Carrie, obviously born in 1956, and then they she has a younger brother named Todd, who was born a couple years later. Now, Debbie and Eddie, her parents, were married, and then her father left his wife for a very famous actress. Do you know who it is? Let's see. Famous actress in the 1960s. 19, 19, late, yeah, late 50s. Yeah. Was it Elizabeth Taylor? How did you know? Yes, Taylor. I cheated. I cheated. Taylor, Taylor, it was indeed Elizabeth Taylor. Yeah, so it was a very big scandal at the time. So Eddie Fisher left Debbie Reynolds for Elizabeth Taylor. They were briefly married and then they got divorced. And then he remarried for a third time to another woman and then had two daughters. So Carrie has a full brother, Todd, and then two half sisters, Jolie and Trisha. It seems like both Debbie and Elizabeth Taylor were like, they're very much in the like Hollywood starlet era mm-hmm. of like, I don't know, 1940s and 1960s. That's a made up time, but um, that's what you kind of think of that like iconic Hollywood mm-hmm. star time. Yes, like very fair skin, dark red lipstick, dark eyebrows. Mm-hmm. And they had that, what's it called? The transatlantic accent? Yes. Yeah, you see? <laughs> I don't think it's, that sounds like a. I'm like a radio broadcaster. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, you know, her parents got broken up. So Carrie and her brother Todd lived mostly with Debbie Reynolds, their mom. But Debbie, of course, was a very, very famous actress, very busy, worked a lot. So they always mentioned wanting her to be around more. As a child, Carrie was very much into reading literature and loved to write. So she was kind of a bookworm. And then she also got interested in singing and acting like her mother, as one would if your mom is, you know, that famous and in the spotlight that much. And she even got to sing alongside her mom countless times in different performances. I was watching a YouTube video and Carrie, I don't know how old she was. She was probably 15 or 16. And her mom pulled her up and was like, everyone listen to her voice. And she has a really pretty voice. It's very kind of like it was kind of deeper yeah, so she grew up, you know, with her mom in the spotlight, and she was also in the spotlight herself, just being the daughter of a very talented actress. All right, so... So I'm guessing that because her mom, she saw her mom in this field and grew up around it, that that may have influenced her decision to go into acting herself. Yeah, absolutely. She definitely loved her write, but she also found a passion in acting and did some singing herself. So her first film debut was in 1975 when she was 17 in a movie called Shampoo. Shampoo. Never never heard of it until now. (laughs) But then 1977, when she is 19, she was in the movie called Star Star Wars. Wars. No way. How did you know? Yes. Wait, which which one is it again? It's the third it's the first episode. So it was Star Wars and then it was the uh, it was just so it was just Star Wars, 1977, 1980 was The Empire Strikes Back, and then 1983 was Return of the Jedi. <laughs> so those were the first three, like the the original Star Wars movies. Right. Well, they, you know, they they made them in not in order, so it's always kind of confusing. It, yeah, it's it is confusing. I am not the biggest Star Wars fan. Like I, Dad watched it, and I, Dad was really into it. 
Right. I like the original three. Anyway, I did not know she was only 19. Yeah, so she was 19 when she got her big break, which apparently was around the time Debbie Reynolds also got her big break. She was around the same age, around age 19. She's also, she has a pretty long filmography. A lot of the movies I personally haven't really heard of, but she was in The Blues Brothers, When Harry Met Sally. Oh, I heard that one. Mm-hmm. And of course, the newer Star, the, the newest Star Wars. How many movies. of those was she in? Well, she was in the first one. And then she was in the second one. So 2015, she was in Star Wars The Force Awakens. And then she was in Star Wars The Last Jedi, which was released after she died. Okay. And then there's one in 2019, Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. And they, I guess, repurposed archive footage of her for that, which is kind of an interesting... I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, I think that's a bit of a... Like a kind of a hot topic because it kind of reminds me of the AI stuff about like yeah. using someone's voice for yeah. like if they're a music artist or an actor. But I right. wonder if they got their her family's permission. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they had to do some hopefully. sort of clearance for that. Hopefully, yeah. I don't know. I can't speak for her, but I wonder if she would have liked that. So here is a quote from Carrie Fisher on being Princess Leia. Quote. I am Princess Leia, no matter what. If I were trying to get a good table, I wouldn't say I wrote postcards, which is one of her best-selling novels. Or if I'm trying to get someone to take my check and I don't have an ID, I wouldn't say, have you seen When Harry Met Sally? Princess Leia will be on my tombstone. So she embraced being Princess Leia. She seemed to, you know, enjoy her time while being on, or she enjoyed... The time being on those movies. I like that. Another quote from her. She says, but Star Wars misbehaved. It leaked out of the theater, poured off the screen, affected a lot of people so deeply that they required endless talismans and artifacts to stay connected to it. Is that how you say talisman? T-A-L-I-S-M-A-N-S. What's that word mean? An object that's thought to have magic powers and to bring good luck. Okay, great. So, you know, she, from what I gather, she enjoyed being on Star Wars. And uh, when they asked her to be back on the newer movies, she absolutely was like, hell yeah, let's do it. Not a direct quote, but essentially that's what her (laughs) response was. It could be a direct quote. You never know. You never know. But she also, like I said, was a writer. And so she had a few screenplays, novels. She also wrote three memoirs. Her first in 2008, which was called Wishful Drinking. The next one was in 2011 called Shockaholic. And 2016 was called Princess Diarist. And are those about different parts of her life? Yeah. So in a lot of her memoirs, she talked about her struggles with her mental health and substance use. So she was diagnosed with bipolar disorder and she had struggled more with manic episodes earlier in her life. And then then she had more of the depression. She was very open about her mental health and basically doing drugs helped calm down or quote dial down the manic episodes. So it was kind of her form of self-medication. Right. She actually did electroconvulsive therapy or ECT to help with her depression, which is essentially where they shock you or shock your brain to help kind of almost like reset it. Did it help? It did help her. She said she did it for a few years. Wow. Yeah. Is that still offered? 
Mm-hmm. Yep. When I was in med school, um, we got to watch a couple patients do it at the psychiatric hospital and oh they give you a sedative and an anticonvulsive. So that way you, it doesn't cause a seizure and it's not painful. And so you don't really rem- like you're sedated. So you're not really remembering it. It's really interesting. Mm-hmm. All right. So Taylor, let's have a little fun segue. We are going to reenact the very iconic 30 Rock episode with Carrie Fisher. And it's called Ro- Rosemary's Baby, isn't it? Rosemary's Baby. That's correct. So in this in this episode, so 30 Rock is a show with Tina Fey where she uh, works as the head writer on a basically like SNL type TV show in right. New York City. And there's a woman named Rosemary who is a famous writer for uh, television. And she meets Tina Fey's character, Liz Lemon. And Liz gets her to come on the show and help write the episode. And Rosemary is very, Rosemary is very opinionated and very old school in regards to like some of stuff she writes about. And she wants to like take on the man. And so she ends up getting Liz fired. (laughs) (laughs) This is when they are walking to Rosemary's apartment. apartment. Yes. So Taylor, I will be Carrie Fisher, aka Rosemary, and you'll be Tina Fey, aka Liz Lemon. And action. Now that you're free, we can work on something together. Yeah, we can start our own network called Bitch TV or the second thing we think of. Look, when we get back to my place, we start banging out some ideas. Welcome to the first day of the rest of your life. What neighborhood is this? Oh, they call it Little Chechnya. So gritty and real. More murder per capita than Detroit. Try not to write while you're living here. Is that guy carrying a gun? Yeah, but don't worry. He's not a cop. Oh, crap balls. What was that? Okay, let's find a pen and start that screenplay. This movie is going to knock them on their asses. Right. What's it about? Women in their 50s join the army and get laid by a bunch of grateful 18-year-olds. Oh, God. Yeah, exactly. I predict opening weekend, a million dollars. Have you been drinking wine all day? Oh, it's heart healthy. All day? Oh, come on, Liz. It's the 90s. Did the F train just go by your window? I know that look. Don't even think about jumping for that train. You know, I think I should go home before it gets dark. You can't abandon me, Liz. You are me. No, I'm not you. Really? You pick up guys that are smart and funny, and they leave you for someone less complicated. You're never going to get married, Liz. You're married to your job. Oh, God, I lost my job. You're just like me. You get up in the morning and smoke weed. No, I don't. (laughs) You obsessed about the Jamaican man across the hall. Oh my god, I lost my job. You wouldn't have a job if it wasn't for me. I broke barriers for you. I really have to go. I sat around while my junk went bad. All for you. I don't have any kids. You're my kid. You're my kid that never calls. Yikes. Help me, Liz Lemon. You're my only hope. (laughs) (laughs) So that was an icon. An iconic couple of scenes from that episode, which did you know that Carrie Fisher got nominated for a primetime Emmy as a guest actress for that role? Did you know that? I did not know that, but that's really cool. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. And of course, she's in numerous other movies and TV shows and, you know, interviews and just very, she's a very like down to earth person, very open about her struggles and her interviews. And um, just, she seems like someone who would be really fun to hang around with but also has like this kind of dark side where you kind of see that she has been through quite a lot in her life yeah i'm sure she 
didn't want others to experience what she did. Mm-hmm. She's probably like went through all this struggle and then maybe did it partly, at least partially alone. You know, when it was kind of more really taboo to talk about this mental health, mental health issue. Right. Now it's taboo. But back it then is. it was like even worse. All right. So let's talk about her dating history. Oh, dating history. So the most scandalous one on here, she wrote in one of her memoirs that she and Harrison Ford had a three-month affair back when they were shooting Star Wars. Whoa. So it was an affair because he was married? Is that why? Yeah. So Harrison Ford was married during Star Wars and allegedly they had a three-month affair. Carrie Fisher calls it, quote, it was a three-month, one-night stand. That's funny. She was 19 and he was 33 when they started filming Star Wars. So he, yeah, was much older, much more mature. I watched a few uh, interviews where I guess he was really into philosophy and would quote philosophy all the time. And so she was very impressed by that and wanted to, so she would got really into like quoting those kinds of philosophers and stuff like that. That sounds a bit obnoxious, to be honest. Yeah, I know, right? (laughs) That was, you know, back in, let's see, that was back in 1977 when they started filming or when that movie came out. She also dated Paul Simon, who was a singer. The Simon of Simon and Garfunkel. Yes. They dated on and off from about 1977 to 1983. And then during that time when they had broken up in 1980, she was briefly engaged to Dan Aykroyd, who was an actor from SNL. And he was also an actor on the Blues Brothers. And they met, I believe, while they were filming the Blues Brothers. And then in 1983, she got back together with Paul Simon and they got married and they were married for almost a year and then they got divorced. And then she started dating talent agent Brian Lord and they had a daughter named Billy. So Billy is her only child. So she was with Billy's dad, Brian, and he ended up leaving her for another man. (gasps) Whoa. Yes. Scandal. It's like her mom's story, but with a dude. Yes, and she actually references that in that 30 Rock episode. So Liz says, I grew up wanting to be you. And she says, I grew up wanting to be Samantha Stevens on Bewitched. The closest thing I got was being married to a gay guy for two years. (laughs) Billy says of her dad that her dad was a really good dad and was very supportive, especially with all of Carrie's like mental health and struggles that she went through. Sounds like they still had a good parenting relationship. And apparently she had a very close relationship with James Blunt. James Blunt as in, goodbye, my lover. Goodbye, my friend. <laughs> and what's the other one? The, y'all beautiful. Y'all beautiful. It's true. We should be singers. That was like ninth grade jams. I, I didn't know that guy's name. Just knew the song. And then her most notable relationship was with her emotional support dog, Gary, who was a French bulldog. <laughs> and she would bring him to all these interviews and his tongue kind of hangs out of his mouth. Oh, that's cute. Uh, like I said earlier, she was very outspoken about her struggles with mental health, her bipolar disorder, her issues with substance use. She was using cocaine, opioids, MDMA, kind of a big variety of different medications throughout her life. She actually had an overdose in 1985. Wow. So as you know, an overdose is when someone takes too much of some sort of substance, whether it be prescription or, you know, street drugs, and it causes them to lose consciousness or become very, very sick. So she, I think she went to rehab in 1985. I can't remember. That's when she had an overdose was 1985. But she was very outspoken about addiction and mental illnesses. She's a big woman 
women's rights advocate, LGBT. She actually did some, I think, some fundraisers for HIV and AIDS. She also talks a lot about ageism in Hollywood and about, you know, after 40 or 50 in Hollywood, it's a lot harder for women to to get roles. Um, and the double, you know, the double standard that exists. Here's a quote on mental health. Think of it as an opportunity to be heroic. It's an emotional survival, an opportunity to be a good example to others who might share our disorder. Um, another quote about weight and appearance in, in Hollywood, which she had, has mentioned a few times about how when she was, after she filmed the first Star Wars, there was a lot of pressure for her to lose weight. And she actually does look, looks like she's lost a lot of weight for whenever she was wearing the gold bikini. But she said there was a lot of pressure about that. And she kind of developed a body dysmorphia around that time. And then whenever she came back to film the new Star Wars, they gave her a personal trainer. And she allegedly refused to, to work out with a trainer and would sneak a <laughs> bunch of like Coca-Colas into her dressing room and stuff. That's hilarious. Um, but here's a quote from her. It says... We treat beauty like an accomplishment, and that is and that is insane. Everyone in L.A. says, oh, you look good, and you listen for them to say you've lost weight. It's never, how are you? You seem happy. So a good, a good rule of thumb in general is to just don't comment on, on anybody's weight unless they bring it up. You know, don't, even if it, they've lost weight or, you know, definitely if they've gained weight, like, mm -hmm. I just bring up anyone's weight. Yeah, it's not nice. Just shut yeah, up about it. Exactly. Okay, so... So here comes the sad part, dear listeners. December twenty third, twenty sixteen. Man, twenty sixteen. That was a that was a crazy year. We thought about doing that as like that's the day that would be the year, but like yeah. no one no one wants to remember twenty sixteen. So we Absolutely decided not. not to do that. So, yeah. So you're welcome. Yeah. yeah, that's why we picked her birthday. So December twenty third. 2016, two days before Christmas, she was on her last leg of her European book tour, flying from London to LA. And I think they were about 15 minutes away from the airport and she had a heart attack and she stopped breathing on the flight. So one of the other passengers, I guess, did CPR and then they rushed her to the hospital. But unfortunately, four days later on December 27th, 2016, she died. So... She was 60 years old when she passed away. They eventually did the autopsy and everything, and they found that she did have traces of cocaine, heroin, opiates, and MDMA in her system, although it was not, it seemed it, like it was hard to determine, like, how much was in her system or, like, if she had been, like, doing drugs on the plane on the way there to the airport. It might have been from a couple days before. It's hard. It's hard to say. But ultimately, she died because she had a massive heart attack and then she had complications from that i think they also said she had sleep apnea that contributed in regards to after the uh, autopsy report with the toxicology report was released her her daughter billy lord said that carrie fisher her mom uh, battled drug addiction and mental illness her entire life she ultimately died of it she was purposely open in all of her work about the social stigmas surrounding these diseases i know my mom she'd want her death to encourage people to be open about their struggles yeah. I mean, it's very possible that she had been doing cocaine or other drugs and then it, her heart gave out and she had a heart attack, you know. So that was December 27th, 2016, two days after Christmas. So she had filmed the second move, uh, star, you know, the, the three Star Wars in that sequel, whatever, the three, 
newest ones. She had already filmed the second one when she died. So, right. So in 2015, so two years before, or one year before her death, that she was back in the first first newest one, Star Wars The Force Awakens. Okay. And then they had filmed The Last Jedi while she was alive, and then it was released after she died. Okay. And the movie was dedicated to her. Oh, I didn't know that. That's yeah. nice. Ugh. So she died on December 27th, 2016, two days after Christmas. The next day, while her mom and her brother were planning her funeral, her mom had a stroke and died. Ugh. Oh. Her poor brother and her daughter. Oh my god, I know. That would have been so terrible. Sad. And then it's like, yeah. shit, we have to do two of these. Like, ugh. Yeah, so... so it- what happened was they were they were in the middle of planning her funeral, doing all the funeral arrangements, and a few a few hours before she actually passed away, she said to her to Todd, you know, her son or Carrie's brother, and said, mm-hmm. "I just I miss her so bad. I just want to be with Carrie." Oh, she I know that's so sad. I know it's so sad. Ugh. It was like literally the next day her mom died. Like that is so sad, and I feel so bad for the brother and, and for. Well, Billy. it sucks when it really sucks when. Like, a parent outlives their kid, too. So I'm sure that was, yeah. like, a big part of it. I mean, it probably you know? gave... I mean, it's probably why she died. Like, she probably was under so much stress, and she... <sighs> but her blood pressure was so high, and yeah, she, I'm not sure how her health, health was at baseline, but... She was 84, Debbie was, when she died. Right. So, I mean, she probably, you know, had some other chronic health conditions being 84. Um, and then it was... The, she had a high amount of stress very suddenly, which can be, you know, yeah. very dangerous. They had a joint private memorial on January 5th, 2017. Her mother was buried, but her but Carrie wanted to be cremated, and her family ended up putting her ashes in a large novelty Prozac <laughs> pill, which I guess Carrie had bought years and years before because she thought, oh my gosh, this is awesome. This is hilarious. And so they were like, you know what? That's she would think this is this is so funny. Like she would have yeah. loved it. So they put her ashes in this novelty Prozac pill, and you can see pictures from the funeral where the um her brother Todd's like holding it, and it's huge. It's like <laughs> yeah, she would think that was funny. So after she died, she had never gotten a a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Really, fans made like a a makeshift one. Ugh. But May fourth, which is Star Wars Day, you know. Oh yeah, May the fourth be with you. Yep. So May 4th of 2023, she got her Hollywood Walk of Fame star. That's awesome. I know. So that was just last year. That was less than a year ago. That was last year. She got her. Yep. She she finally got her star. And do you know, was like her daughter in, in a photo? When Carrie Fisher was honored posthumously for her Hollywood Walk of Fame, Mark Hamill, who played Luke Skywalker and Billy, her daughter, accepted the award. Mark Hamill and her That's so nice. Yes. Wait, what's it called again? A star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Okay. Yes. So it looks like Debbie Reynolds also has a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. I don't know if they're close. It would be nice if they were near each other, but I'm not sure how this works. I've never actually been there. So I'm guessing that because Mark Hamill was there to when the, it was like revealed or whatever, that he was close to or special to Carrie, I would imagine. So George so George Lucas who cast her yeah he was the director or whatever well princess leia's last name is organa leia organa okay now tell me this why is princess leia a princess but is luke skywalker wouldn't luke skywalker be a prince like i don't understand that i don't know (laughs) we're gonna piss off the star wars people that all all of our all of our thousands of listeners our our (laughs) Our avid star wars (laughs) they're gonna be pissed if we don't don't know 
Um, no, they got switched, they got separated at birth, or other twins. Is it because so... she was adopted? Because no, their mom was a queen, right? I don't, I don't get it. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I think that's oh, anyway. Cool. So George Lucas said, Carrie and I have been friends most of our adult lives. She was extremely smart, talented actress, writer, and comedian with a very colorful personality that everyone loved. Oh. She was she was our great and powerful princess feisty wise and full of hope in a role that was more difficult than most people might think uh harrison ford said carrie was one of a kind brilliant original funny and emotionally fearless she lived her life bravely did mark hamill say anything he tweeted after the death was confirmed he said no words hashtag devastated but (laughs) well he posted a picture of 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 them as uh, from the movie like hugging Okay. So it's better than just like hashtag devastated. Hashtag like, I'm sad. No. I yeah. Actually, I'm sure he actually was really sad. And it was it was also like right at Christmas time too. So it was like oh, you're right. sad, bad timing. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Very sad, like very, double very whammy. sad that that double whammy, yeah. Your mom dies and your grandma dies the next day. So yeah, so Carrie Fisher, she died at age sixty. She had a her life she was under the spotlight most of her life. Oh yeah. Taylor, what are your thoughts about Carrie Fisher after this? I think that she's really strong. You know, she's this iconic actress. And to, like, be public about it, I think is really brave because mental health is, like, very scary. When you have a condition that's you can't visibly see, it's harder for everyone else to understand what you're going through. And then there's so much stigma attached to it. Would you want to be this famous person and everyone know your business? And so that's what she had to deal with her whole, her whole life. And she also had this iconic role at a really young age. And so yes. that was probably like a lot on her shoulders for like, her whole life because Star Wars means a lot to a lot of people. And so she mm-hmm. became this like really important person to a lot of people. And that couldn't have been easy either. And so she was holding a lot on her shoulders and, and she, you know, she did the best she could. And she used her position, her power to educate people and make it where maybe some of her fans wouldn't be afraid to to get help so i liked her i was sad when she died and i was really sad because of the movies that had just come out I'm like oh she's gonna be dead it's gonna be sad we know she's gone like i that's always hard to see on film so i'm glad that we got to cover her you know and i i knew her mom was famous but i didn't really realize who she was so i liked that her you know her mom was also very talented and successful what do you think about her huh huh like i said before uh, you know i'm not a huge star wars not a huge Star Wars fan, but that's where I knew her from. And then I think her being on 30 Rock kind of cemented this image in my head of her kind of being this, says what she thinks, you know, not afraid. I bet she was a lot kind of like that character she played. Like, yeah. I'm sure that was a lot of her. Yeah. And I remember watching Star Wars with dad when I was a kid. Yeah. And I always thought it yes. was really fun. Like, it was like a you yeah. know, thing we did with dad. And I always liked Yeah. That. Didn't we watch it like on christmas or something when we were home for christmas and we watched like all of them them in a row yeah i remember watching like with dad like i don't know when it was but we for some reason we watched all of them and i was like should we watch them in order like i was thinking like the order in which like they would have happened Mm -hmm. chronologically and he was like no gonna watch the other way (laughs) like i don't understand it we have to watch the good ones first the old yeah but yeah so my thoughts my final thoughts about her is i've always idealized her because she's not just your typical woman in Hollywood that, you know, is just there for looking pretty. She's very opinionated, very much advocates for things that people may be too scared to advocate for. And she 
kind of did her own thing and she owns up to the mistakes that she made and you know she was very honest about a lot of those things in her life well taylor um Thanks for letting me pick the person this time. Yeah. And to our all to our listeners out there, may the force be with you always. <laughs> Thank you all for listening to our episode all about Carrie Fisher, the legendary princess Leia, and And may the force the for- be Wait, what's the deal? What's going on? Is We're it going to say it at the same time? May the force be with Wait, you. Wait, let me start over then. Let me start over. Well, there you have it. Thank you for listening to our episode all about Carrie Fisher, the legendary Princess Leia. And may, may the force. Oh, I, hold on. One, two, three. And may, may the, the force, force be, be Emily. What's wrong with you? You're hesitating. <laughs> okay, why do you want to do this? I'll just do it. Okay. And may the force be with you. Bye. Bye. Thank you.